Hi guys, it's Derek again. I'm gonna have a special guest here named um, Jackson, one of um, the RMG students at Rome University with me. Um, Jackson, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jackson. Uh, I'm a sophomore here at Rowan University. Um, I am president of Rowan Alternative Music Club. I run a collective called 4333, and I'm starting my own solo music project called Denim Mob. Okay, so we're just going to get into some regular programming as always. So, Jackson, what have you been listening to? Uh, as of late, um, a lot of... Let me check my actual thing, because <clears throat> mainly I'm in my, my main... Stuff that I listen to for inspiration, or I find that I pull the most from, um, artists like Michael Jackson, uh, the 1975, Paul Simon, and Turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been listening to really a whole bunch of stuff. The new MGMT album is really cool. Um, I've been trying to really diversify my palette, mm-hmm. um, try and get as many different things as possible to get in my mind and create something different. Appreciate that. Um, so for me, for my daily wavelengths of this week, um, I've been listening to some newer artists on Spotify. So one of them, um, I don't know if you guys have listened to um, the Friend Zone um, podcast, but um, Asante, um, he does ha- he has a music segment on there. Um, he introduced me to one of his friends um, named V, um, and it's just the letter V, guys. So when you go in to search it, it's um, V, and the... Um, EP he just put out is called Start, um, and it's um, Volume 1, Start, so I just want you guys to listen to that, most of all, but the song I like the most um, has to be um, Like This, which is the last track on the EP, um, so I'll just um, link it in our social media so you guys can listen to that. Um, another thing I've been listening to, um, I usually go back and forth um, with the same artist over and over again. Um, so, um, listen, recently listening to some more Prince, um, like I did last week, um, more of, like, um, older, like, the earlier Prince records before, um, Purple Rain, and then pretty much the Purple Rain soundtrack still. Um, I went to listen to the Black Panther soundtrack, so I've been listening to that, um, pretty much this whole week. Um, so that's pretty much from me, from my regular stuff. But do you have any throwbacks you've been listening to? Throwbacks, I mean, that's a good thing. I, I do, uh, since you've been you've been talking, I realize there's a, the Oliver Tree Alien Boy EP I've been listening to a good amount recently. And uh, there's this artist I just found called You Know, through like an Instagram ad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a, he's, he's doing almost like, Tame Impala-ish, but more like jangly pop. It's it's cool shit. Um, worth checking out. Uh, throwbacks. What's the, name, what's the name of the artist? You know Y U N O. Okay. Um, Is that on Spotify as well? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He just put a. He recently put a. I think this year put a single called No Going Back. Um, very good. Throwbacks. I've been listening to. Um, I mean, definitely some Michael Jackson. I've been listening to it ton of Paul Simon recently. Um, Good choices. Who else? Who else? Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Um, I was on a, a James Taylor kick for a while there. Um, mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac kick for a while. Yeah, those are kind of those are the most I've been listening to recently. Are the ones I've been listening to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, from my throwbacks, I've been listening to. Um, 
the combination of old genuine songs, um, in particular, um, Pony the Classic, um, then, um, oh my gosh, what is his favorite song? It's my favorite song by him, but I forget what it is. It's off his Bachelor album. It's off the Bachelor album. I forget exactly what it is. I probably remember it at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> Then I've been listening to, I know I told you guys last week how, um, or at least two weeks ago, that me and Brett did a um, presentation in our class for um, Missy Elliott's Super Duper Fly. So I've been listening to that still this week. So that's pretty much about my throwbacks. So cool. we're going to get into now um, some like interesting like hot topics in the music industry, something that's going on, or just um, what's going on in the world, period. So... Um, do you know about like the whole net neutrality situation yeah, and yeah. how the laws are being passed and stuff like that? Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that, which you see. Yeah, net neutrality is a, a G pie is kind of a, not not really a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the whole the whole idea itself of net neutrality, um, like the the debate would be fine if it were if it were going back and forth like a. Uh, civilized discussion but instead of that a G Pie posts videos um pretty much mocking anyone who disagrees with him um and jeering so I am not a I I uh I could definitely do a bit more research on the actual subject itself but my uh my biggest opposition to this whole thing is is a G Pie I'd say not a big fan of the guy yeah so um I'm you I'm on um Yahoo Finance right now, so there's like an article about it. Um so this says um Senator John Kennedy, um, who's a Republican of LA, I think is what it's saying, um, introduced legislation on Wednesday to prohibit internet um providers from blocking or slowing content in an effort to restore some of the net neutrality rules repealed by the FCC in December. Um, but it goes on to say, but activists say that the, his legislation, a campaign to a bill proposed in the House by yeah, House by Representative Marsha um, Blackburn, who is a Republican in Tennessee, um, falls short in providing a set of robust rules for the road of the road for the internet. So it seems like some people are trying to figure out ways to try and balance it out. Yeah. Um, but there's still it's still interesting to see how yeah. um, things that we took of it, that we took for granted are now yeah. being taken away and now like it's like a fight to keep what we already had. Yeah, it's also a very new concept. I mean it was only like I believe two or three years ago that those regulations got put into place. Um and that doesn't make them any less important. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, because Barack Obama passed the law for yeah. us to have net neutrality, so yeah. there was no like um, competition between companies that would stop or slow down a certain amount of people from learning stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Because really what this is about is really taking the knowledge that the internet can provide us with and kind of just like taking it off so we only have certain things to learn from. Well, yeah, we have that, and it's the fact that the privacy will... Um I mean, internet providers will get to sell your history, your anything you do with the internet, basically to sell it to whomever they want, um, and there's nothing stopping them. Which is, I'm not doing anything illegal, but mm-hmm. I still don't, I still don't want random people knowing what I do. I mean, privacy is very important. It very is, and 
especially especially with this age of especially speaking on the music tip of it all um and the creativity aspect of artists using their creativity to create certain things and like make political statements in their music and stuff like that that can hinder us with our creation of music it can um, hinder us in the learning like you were influenced by older music and I'm influenced by older music so that kind of takes away some of the influence that can possibly um, change the direction in music period so if you take net net neutrality is taken away it kind of dampens yeah it's also I wonder what its impact will have on consumption of music like streaming and, and videos and I mean everything's not everything but most consumption is completely digital and most consumption now is streaming um, and a lot of the whole net neutrality thing deals with the speeds and being mm-hmm. able to, if you don't have a higher plan, um, like the, the ability for networks to charge you more money to get faster internet is, mm-hmm. is there um, and so in, in I mean I, I wonder if people who can't necessarily afford the bigger plan will have, will have any um, hindering on how they listen to music. I mean, if they can stream on the go, if they have to like download it all, what what the uh, the price is definitely going to hike up. Yeah, which it's concerning for royalties at that yeah, point too. Royalties too. Um, and we still and there's still processes for that um, to make sure that people are getting paid the correct way. Yeah. Um, like yeah. And then, like I did last podcast, I was talking about like some of the um, acts passed. That would help, like, producers get credits on their work and engineers get credit for their work. So that's, like, some things that are being implemented now to help with this, like, whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, you never yeah, know. Nice. With, and then cell phone companies and you know, cable companies are already um, overpriced, in my opinion, anyway. That's why most millennials usually just use Hulu or Netflix when they are when they live in an apartment by themselves. It's usually Netflix or Hulu or both. Yeah. good content because they're not going to buy it on cable so in essence this is kind of taking that possibility away from us as millennials because sure. um, the streaming the streaming aspect of it is all based on the internet so you take that out and it's gone yeah. Yeah. and we're especially for college students like us when we benefit from like the Spotify like Spotify has like a student plan or like if you have Sprint you can get it for free but that's like only if you're a Sprint a subscriber. It's not yeah. just like your T-Mobile or AT and T and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's all these different things that could be um, possibly happening. So yeah. So let's get on to another topic. Actually, I want to get into a topic that I talked about last week, but I just want to get your opinion on it. Okay. So um, recently Diddy um did an interview and he was talking about how um music has become diluted. Um and he says that um, artists need to um, make sure that they're coming out and being as unique as possible because he doesn't want to, um, he feels like everything sounds the same and nothing's like being changed or anything like that. Um, my opinion on it was, since I had somebody to bounce my ideas off with, um, my opinion on it was, it was interesting. Like I felt in some place I agreed with him and in some place I didn't because one aspect of it is um, especially when it pertains to hip hop, which he's pretty much pertaining it to mostly. Yeah. Um, 
he was one of the main people to bring hip-hop into the mainstream um, landscape. So it's kind of interesting that he would say that it's become diluted and become like similar like that when he's one of the main reasons why mainstream America is into actually hip-hop and it surpassed um, rock and roll over the past few years as the most like listened to um, genre of music. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to hear somebody that was like a leader in, in that say um, these words and then I do agree with how stuff is sounding alike but I feel like people don't take the time to try and find new things especially on Spotify which has pretty much everybody like websites like Bandcamp or like certain websites like that there's a lot of talent out there but I feel like we don't take enough time to stop looking at what the media um, gives us and check it out for ourselves so maybe so, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely an interesting um, topic. <clears throat> it kind of breaks down a couple different things for me. It's funny because literally an hour or two ago, I was in my philosophy class, which is like art based philosophy, mm-hmm. and what we were talking about is this kind of idea of uh, exam- Alexandrianism, which is basically what you're talking about, where everything. I mean, there's a the part of the core concept of it was that nothing is really changing because we've we're there little edits done like people are fine tuning certain aspects of it but everything kind of sounds very monotonous um, which I agree and disagree to to an extent um, and we even asked that question in class like are we in that kind of period um, I think that we we're somewhere in the middle um, I feel because. I mean, there is so much music that gets put out today, and there's definitely a, a very vast uh, <clears throat> spectrum of what does get put out. Um, and with technology and, and all that has allowed for even newer um, music to get put out, a lot of new, the kind of idea of, of breaking that monotony in the past, I feel, has been accomplished with technological advances and and advances just in the instruments themselves. Like, rock didn't come around until the electric guitar came around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't pretty much until, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Um, oh, wait, no, actually, no, no, that, that was, was even that earlier. Was early, that was, early 19th century. Early I mean, 19th maybe century. even 18th century, they were making uh, guitars that had pickups, but... Um, it was yeah. It was I think it was somewhere. It was early 1900s. I'm not sure the exact uh, decade, but it, it's partially that. And part of while that does um, make it a lot easier uh, to make new music and a lot easier to discover new effects, especially in such a analog age where <clears throat> digital is kind of like everything's laid out for you. It's hard to really, unless you do coding, it's hard to use the computer to make new, literally new sounds instead of just adjusting things that we've already had. Um, I think that the fact that it's also so easy might hinder it because there, and this might not be hindering, but so many people can make music now um, just on your laptop, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I believe that that does saturate the market for all these things so much um, that I mean, people can follow instead of because it's so easy and it's so inexpensive to do you don't need to it's not maybe forcing you to try and stand out of the box and there are plenty of people who do stand out of the box um so i think that he's relatively right i do think we need to at some point within the next 10 to 20 years there needs to be some kind of 
move or pivot in sound or something new needs to be needs to come around that kind of changes mm-hmm. or adds a new element to how music is created or what music is created. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that that we do have a very diverse sort of mm-hmm. spectrum to look at in terms of music right now. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we pretty much agree pretty yeah. much about the, the whole situation. Yeah. And I like I said before with what um, I presented, um, I feel like we just need to stop um, just letting people give us ideas what is good music to to us by just looking at what the media portrays as good music. We need to look and find what actually speaks to us. Yeah. Because there's a lot of artists on Spotify that we don't know yet don't know. That, that are pretty, quite frankly, some of them are probably more talented than people that are portrayed on media so frequently. Yeah. Um, that don't get enough shine, and it's only because they're independent and they don't have the backing or the distribution that these other artists that had a chance to become more popular just based off of their team and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that I think that ties into um, the whole saturation of the market because music is so easy to produce. That even if you are producing music that is very original and it's very new and it's better than the stuff that's getting put on mainstream radio right now because there are so many others even though they may not be as original or as good there's so many others on there that creates kind of the idea it's less less interesting because there's so much of it I feel Mm -hmm. so let's get off of that huge topic and let's talk about you Mr. Jackson so I know recently you um you've told me before we started this interview that you um, wanted to change your name. Yeah. Is there a certain reason why you picked this certain name and a certain reason why you wanted to change your name at this certain point in your career? I've had, well, I, I, I was doing bands for a while. Um, and throughout the time um, with playing other people and having a project rely on multiple people mm-hmm. as the brain source, really, mm-hmm. um, it kind of, I, I loved it, but as I within the past year and a half or two, I've been really writing a lot of my own stuff um, mm-hmm. and composing full songs that would be a full band, but is written by just me. Um, and I realized that I wanted to go on my own solo project. Um, and what kind of stemmed from that? I knew I didn't want to use my regular name, and I've put out a couple demos and stuff in the past. I played a couple shows as me in the past um, couple months, trying to figure out what that name would be, and it was only really recently that I um, figured out how I want to proceed with the project going forward. Uh, so, I mean, luckily, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to push my stuff too much before that, and now, now that I do have a name for it, now that it is, it's being established, I can fully delve into this project as Denim Mob. Um, at this point, do you have um, a certain either genre or of... Um, something that you want to address for this album, and what do you have a name for this album yet? Um, I do not have it. I don't even have an album yet. I definitely have enough songs to put out an album, but there won't be an album for at least a year, maybe two. Um, okay. It'll mainly focus on getting building a fan base um, okay. through smaller things because um, it's so tedious and and <clears throat> it's a lot of work to create a full album. Um, so I got. I'm, I'm thinking I should pare that down as I start out um, but uh, 
Could you please reiterate the question? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I said, um, so you answered one of the questions. So I answered one part of it. Yes. So um, I asked you, you said you don't have a name for it yet. Um, what message or what uh, concept are you trying to portray? In so, yeah, like and genre-wise. Yeah. All right. So it's, um, I've been really trying to find my own sound um, when writing these songs. Uh, I've been really trying to, in the past I'd rely very heavily on influences and now I'm trying to, I mean, pull influences and pull little pieces, but more develop what I hear. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of made this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a mixture of, of like indie rock with indie pop with like some funk kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But the message, there's no real, right now, there's no real political or any sort of um, message I'm trying to convey with it. I mean, it's a lot of very personal songs, um, usually have to do with love or the lack of love. Um, But I've been writing more kind of uh, personal feelings uh, more more of how I am in a certain time or how I how I feel or what's going on in my life at the time in more of a broad concept kind of way um, so that's where I've been at recently with that right. so speaking on this songwriting tip so it seems like you um, heavily rely on life experience and um, I guess um, not even just your experience but other things that you see around your environment, like say your friends or relationships or you see like stuff like that. Yeah. So it seems like that's pretty much your basis for songwriting. Yeah, that really is. Um, it, it, it's a lot of, it's funny when I write, it, some songs will be very much, there'll be one experience that happens. It could be a matter of like 20 minutes something happens and it gets a whole song. And then some of them are, it's a matter of, of a couple months that something happens and it's kind of expanding that period. And then there are songs where it's, it means multiple things to me. Um, the lyrics will align to different aspects that I've seen mm-hmm. that don't necessarily correlate. Um, and so some of the songs are combinations of, of uh, experiences with multiple people. Um, and some experiences, some things I write from a, a personal standpoint or a, a very, um, a third point, a third person standpoint. Um, and I will write it, or a first person about one of my friends, or a third person about myself, um, trying to mix up how it really sounds and, I, and the ideas convey. So, um, one of my questions is: um, So, what made you get into the music industry program, and what drew you into wanting to be? You already talked about you um, journeying to be a solo artist, so you already yeah. answered that part. But what made you want to? get into music and then the second question would be um do you produce your own music as well all right so my mom had signed me up for like concert band in fourth grade and i play i did that for a while i started doing jazz band middle school and then into high school i got involved with some kids who got me into like more contemporary music less like pop because i didn't really have much um exposure to that before that point Mm -hmm. um which really got me into playing in the band as i said before multiple bands and then I realized some. I realized this is what I'm good at. This uh, of the things I can do. This is what I'm best at. This is what I'm passionate about. And I feel like when you're passionate about your work, um, 
do do it better. Mm -hmm. And I needed a way to, I didn't want to be a performance major. I didn't want to be um, education major. I didn't, I didn't want the standard bouts of how you go about these kind of creative arts majors. And this program stuck out to me because I, I, I'm very interested in not only being in the business, but it also helps me a lot with figuring out how to promote my own stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, then the second question was, uh, you already said produce music. So, yes. Um, um, so yeah, I've been, I produce my own music at this point. Um, sometimes it's just an acoustic guitar that I write, and sometimes it's, I'll be, I'll have my MIDI, I have a Scarlett 2i4 interface, a Novation launch key MIDI controller, um, and I record into Logic on my Mac. Um, and that's usually the base of how I produce, um, which is DI and MIDI, and that'll create the full sound, which I can then go and record with actual instruments. Um, do you have any, like, certain producers that you, um, draw, like, um, influences from, like, certain, um, tactics or styles, anything yes. that you want to use? Yes, but I couldn't name you half the producers, because it's usually on the, I mean, depending on the artist, um, yeah. Because some artists self-produce. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I, I've, I've been kind of getting a lot of uh, mixed tactics um, and production tactics from the 80s. I really love the 80s. Um, and I kind of want to take the, leave a little bit of the cheesiness in, um, but take a good amount of the emptiness and, and lack of body that a lot of those songs have yeah. because of the technological advances that we have I can take that kind of sound and add so much more to yeah. it um, yeah um, so um, you talked about um, your live performances um, and stuff like that so I know recently you had the RMG showcase where you showcased um, did you perform you I performed did. twice I performed you twice performed both the, last, at, um, the last two the Vibe Cafe and, and um Creep Records. Creep Records. Yep. Um, so, I guess, do you want to talk about the song that you have for RMG? That yes. So, RMG released their Who Are You compilation album. And are you guys, and sorry to cut you off, yeah. but are you guys still, you guys are um, doing another um, compilation album as I'm well, I'm not right? quite sure. Was, yeah, I believe they're they're working on another right now. Um, yeah, so they released, um, at the beginning of this year, the Who Are You compilation, which my song, I'm listed as my real name, um, but my song Mary is on. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very good song, guys. Please go find it. Thank you. And listen to it. It's, uh, yeah, so that was a very uh, personal kind of acoustic song. Um, and then, so it was because I've been, um, I haven't had my artist persona figured out before that I was just doing it by myself acoustically getting the feel of the songs um and so I play I play at those two shows uh very fun there's some great artists who are on the compilation who play at the shows as well um definitely worth checking out uh if you guys want to see that you guys can go on the Spotify account that we have and um those two performances I actually recorded on our YouTube page so you guys can also it. watch that I appreciate that mm -hmm. um and then I just had the answer to the other question. Uh, you were asking about. You say what was going on? I had it. I had it. Um, oh yeah, I think I asked you if they're still doing oh, the second. New, yeah, so uh, they are working on a new one. Um, I because I'm just starting out with all this stuff. I'm trying to really 
uh, center myself and figure out where I'm at and work focus on that mm-hmm. rather than um, trying to get on this kind of. So I'm not going to be on this upcoming one. Okay. Um, but they are working on one, which I'm sure will be outstanding. Okay. And I'll probably I'll try to get um, probably like Brittany or MacArthur to come in. That's my plan to try and get them in here. Cool. So we can probably talk about that more. Um, but. Speaking on some of your singles, um, do you have any singles or any videos that people can search and look for? I have. I mean, if if, if people want to listen to the the rough two rough three rough demos, um, you have the Who Are You compilation song Mary, um, and then on my personal uh, SoundCloud, I released two demos um, called uh, one's called The Sheets and one's called Kesara. Um I uh, I think it's just it's SoundCloud slash dot com slash Jackson Zabransky, which I'm sure you can spell out in the thing, mm-hmm. and I can yeah. Uh, but otherwise, for for the Persona Denim Mob, I have nothing yet. Okay, I'm currently in the process of recording. Okay, so I know this is a hard question because I write songs as well. Yeah. But what is your favorite song that you have written? Either it be for the experience of writing the song, what this song means to you personally, or what it means to people that listen to it, or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question because usually what it is for me is if if I there'll be songs that I write that I'm very satisfied with, but there every so often there's like a song that I get everything where I, I just off the bat I get exactly where I want it so my, my favorite's kind of constantly changing um, in terms of how the song is I mean most of these songs are written by just me mm-hmm. um, so the process really doesn't change too much yeah. um, but I do have I mean unfortunately none of them released yet um, I could name them for you I mean one's called Say You Want um, which is probably my favorite that I've ever written um, which will be recorded soon and will be put out at some point in the next year or so. Um, but of what I have released, I'd probably say Mary is my favorite. I've always, uh, since I wrote that, I've loved that one. Um, yeah. I like some of the, um, like, how you have Mary and then marry me. Like, yeah. certain aspects of that. I like, I like doing... Do like uh, the internal rhymes and the... I was, that's funny you point that out because I was literally thinking about that this morning when I was practicing one of my songs. I, I was, I like palindromes. I think that's what it is. Uh, maybe palindromes we can spell backwards. Using, uh, I forget what they're called, but words that sound the same. Yeah, I feel like. That are spelled differently and have different meanings. Is it homonyms? Back back. Is it homonyms? I think you're right. I think it's homonyms. Homonyms. I think it's homonyms. It's not even working right now, but uh, yeah, some somewhere like that. Um. I like incorporating those. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of I, I've found that in a couple of the artists I really enjoy. Um, yeah, you're right. It's hominin. Okay. They kind of do that, so I've, I've definitely um, I like doing the kind of like I like your I E Y E and then I just I. Um, that's on something I actually wrote recently. But uh, yeah, I yeah, that's that. <laughs> um. So. As we are both college students and both in the same program, I know um, that we both need internships and stuff like that. So have you recently done any internships? And do you currently work in a certain job that is more industry-based or not? 
I don't have any internships and I don't have any lined up, which is not good. I need to get working on that. Same, but I've, same yeah, I've been so busy within the past year. It's really kicked my butt. Um, but for next year, I'll definitely f- focus on getting an internship first or second semester. Um, I work in, as a lab monitor slash studio attendant and assistant here at Rowan, um, which is fun because it gets, it's, gets me experience in um, – the studio and kind of using it and helping people troubleshoot or setting up a session. It's, it's, it's nice to, because my focus in my major is business. It's nice to get that tech, Mm -hmm. um, kind of background as well at the same time. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty much, um, sorry guys, just took a slip of water. Um, so I'm on like the opposite of you. So I'm mostly technology. Yeah. So, um, I'm more in the technology sphere of it all. So, like, the business stuff is more... Because even, like, with one of my classes, um, sound reinforcement, like, was, like, some of the concepts were, like, taking me out of, like, the creative sense of it and more of, like, the real-world aspects. And I, like, told Barb, I was like, this is kind of, like, me switching both brains at the same time. She's like, yeah, this is pretty much what you get to do. Yeah. Taking the creativity out of it and literally putting a whole bunch of, like algorithms and like a whole bunch of like real life stuff in there yeah that kind of damp like that if you don't switch your mind off it can kind of dampen the experience for you so it's kind of it's interesting no I I feel that it's it's good to get both sides of the equation Mm -hmm. that's pretty much why I wanted to come here too as well because I didn't want to go at first I was going to do the performance aspect of it but then I thought that um I feel like we rush to get the quick the quick fix of being a performer first and not knowing all the stuff that can go in there. Yeah. And really if I'm gonna sorry about that. If I'm going to because um, I also one of my dreams is not only to be um an artist myself, but to help other artists and probably create like a place for like underprivileged kids to actually have a place to Perform, awesome. grow as an as artist and hopefully become artists themselves so that's pretty much a plan of my own like so that. like the business aspect of it and um just learning some of the legal things of it all yeah. especially when it comes because artists get the short end of the stick all the time it's so definitely definitely it's, in, it's important to know about that stuff yeah so i think that that's one of the main reasons why i wanted to be here yeah i agree with that so, speaking on that, so do you have any dream collaborations? And speaking of the industry as it is, and speaking on again as the daily comment that we were just talking about before, um, what do you hope to change in the music industry and what do you hope to bring to the industry? So, for collaborations, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think the last person who asked me this I think I said like soldier boy and I thought about saying that again and I realized I'd, as much I mean I wouldn't I would never argue with a collab with soldier boy um, it's not necessarily a dream collab <laughs> so I have to I had to think about that um, I, re- I would really love to do something with Anderson Pike Anderson, Anderson Pike. Pack it's funny because oh, my second him. Anderson Pack and my second choice is Cosmo Pike who's this um, multi-instrumental instrumentalist um he's like an 18 year old 19 year old kid from britain 
really cool stuff. Um, yeah, so Anderson Packer, Cosmo Pike, I would very much enjoy doing. Um, so, um, what about Anderson Peck and um, can you repeat his name? I'm not uh, Co- Cosmo Pike. Cosmo Pike. What about those two artists? Um, make you want to perform with them or learn from them? Uh, it, it's kind of two sides of my writing process that make me want to do that. Um, three, maybe. So, one is the fact that they're both solo artists. Mm-hmm. Um, they both write their own music for to the extent of my knowledge. Um, and <clears throat> I would I, I don't. When I get when it comes to writing, um, I have fun with it with other people. Um, but I find personally with my personal writing um, techniques and style mm-hmm. that the, don't want too many cooks. Like the less people, the better it is. The more defined of an idea you'll have, and people don't get left out of the equation. Um, but Anderson Pack kind of has a lot of. I love his groove. Um, I love kind of. A lot of his songs push like rhythm. Um, they're very based. I mean, he drums while he performs, mm-hmm. while he raps and sings. Um, so that's kind of that. That was partially my thing with. Besides the fact mm-hmm. that his voice is dope, mm-hmm. um, he and uses then, a lot of polyrhythms a lot. Yeah, which I respect a lot. Uh, and then Cosmo Pike uses a. He's very jazz uh, and kind of soul. Influenced, um, but it comes out to this cool uh, kind of collab. It almost sounds like a King Cruel um, mixed with like a lot, like a much more pop King Cruel, I'd say, but not at all like pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he's also, I believe, he writes all his own stuff and does all his own stuff, and I, I really love the way he uses his chords. Um, and kind of structure to his songs. He's a lot of seven chords and stuff like that, which I've been doing a lot of recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, if you guys don't know pretty much about seven chords, it's pretty much a, it gives off like a dissonant sound. Um, and if you have like any music in it, like music knowledge period for like writing music, there's like a chord and it's um, three notes um, played simultaneously, and you add notes to the top of the chord and it creates like either a 7th and ninth. it goes a 2, 11, yeah, 13 whole bunch out there a whole yeah. bunch of them and it creates yeah. um, whole different sounds Um, especially with um, mainly like jazz music there's a lot of 7th chords used in jazz music yeah. um, in R&B there's a lot of 7th and ninth chord combinations with that mm-hmm. so that helps create some of the sounds that you hear um, in certain genres of music and like yeah. rock has um, a certain aspect of chord structure that goes with rock that makes it sound more rocky than most yeah. things so. a lot of power chords Yeah, um, I just learned that from songwriting stuff yeah. and just going through music over my life so yeah, just wanted to give you guys that if you guys aren't like knowledgeable about that yeah and I believe the other question you asked me was on um, what would I like to change in the yes. music industry um, I don't know if I can personally bring this change myself but the change I wish to see um, is A the freemium model of streaming getting removed especially because Spotify just went um, public and is being publicly traded um, they are I mean a uh, from what I remember, from what I've read, they haven't been making a lot of money over the past couple of years. I mean, mostly breaking even. Um, but I feel that with the freemium model removed, it also comes to my second thing I'd like to see, which is reforms for royalties and streaming. Yeah. Um, so with people 
actually paying instead of watching ads, which yes. is a decent amount of Spotify's user base. Um, I mean, people will we can afford to pay um, money to everyone who should be getting money for the streaming. They can get more, especially the artist. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it's 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 a problem that 100% needs to be changed, and kind of irks me um, that the opportunity to avoid this. I mean, there was no saying that this was going to happen, yeah. but the opportunity to avoid this wasn't made by record labels, and now the artist suffers because of it um, mm-hmm. when both could have prospered. But hopefully, that will change relatively soon. Yeah, we can see that. And speaking on these streaming sites, I want to um, get into some more topics in the music industry after this short break that we're going to take. Um, so I'll be back with you guys in a few minutes. So we'll see you guys. All right, guys, we're back with Jackson. We're going to continue with some of the regular stuff for the hot topics today. So speaking of the streaming sites, and we were talking about royalties and stuff like that. So there's been a lot of stuff going on with Spotify and a lot of stuff going on with um, saying um, if Spotify is going to help the industry because Spotify is in my last um, podcast I talked about how um, it was predicted that Spotify was going to be what was going to help the music industry stay afloat pretty much based on um, the streaming site and its popularity with um, millennials pretty much mostly mm-hmm. and other users um, but it went into some of the we were talking about the freemium aspect of it and how that um, is kind of detrimental to the um, call the um, helping of the industry so yeah I uh, <clears throat> I think free, I, I think Spotify is like you said I mean it's going to keep everything afloat especially with piracy um, I mean I, I, I'm just thankful that streaming even if it is freemium it's up and yeah. it's, it's being used which means that people will at some point be willing to I mean they probably already are but most people will be willing to um pay even if it is it gets it starts low and works its way up um i think that if we if if we didn't have streaming we would the music industry would still be in digression um because technological advances have allowed us to listen to music so easily and it's kind of defeated the purpose of things like the CD player, or the tape cassette, or the vinyl, which all have their some, not all CD players don't really have any novelty to me, but vinyls are hundred percent. Their big reason to buy them is the novelty. Besides the sound, uh, I think that Spotify and, and Apple and these streaming companies are godsends, um, really, when it comes to saving the music industry. But the model, like I said before, the if if when these things had come out. Uh, if the record labels had been on top of it, um, they could have negotiated way better um, treatment for everything in the whole process, but they didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, now we are where we are. Yeah. But over time, that'll change. I have faith in that. Okay, so I have two articles speaking. One is actually that I'm going to tell you guys about so this one comes from the guardian so it asks the question um is spotify really worth um i guess it's 20 billion um dollars 
or something like that. Um, and it has like a subtitle um, which says music service will soon have its IPO and investors think it can be as big as Netflix. Are they right? So it asks that question. And then it goes into some of the things um, where it, it talks about. So let me talk about some of the things in this article real, real quick. So it starts off saying, when Spotify lists on the New York um, Stock Exchange in the coming weeks, the loss-making music um, stream service is likely to be valued at more than um, 20, I guess it's billion. I can't really tell. I'm not like a finance major, so some of this stuff is interesting to look at. Um, Such is the face of investors in its charismatic Swiss um, founder, Daniel Ek. Um, and it says, um, they believe can build Europe's um, answer to Netflix, a global cultural behemoth that can make can take on industry incumbents and the big four technology companies at the same time and come out on top. If Netflix can overturn Hollywood, then Spotify can transform the music industry. At least that is the hope among U.S. Um, fund managers. So um, you guys can read that um, and see if this question is actually answered. Um, I'll pose this to you. Do you think that it's worth that much amount of money and it could rival Netflix when it comes to what Netflix has done for entertainment, period? But, uh, huh. I think well, I have no sort of, I have no idea if that's a correct assumption for how much it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't doubt it, but at the same time, I mean, Spotify has been making no money they've been barely making mm-hmm. anything over the past couple of years so I I, it, I personally myself don't know if that's accurate don't know if it's inaccurate as well um, and then you were saying uh, what was the question how Netflix um, how convenient so I uh, I think that Netflix I haven't really studied the whole turn of Netflix through um, like movies and through that sort of industry mm-hmm. um, but I mean Netflix is a lot better it seems to be a lot better um, stability mm-hmm. um, and treatment of the uh, the people it, the content it puts out mm-hmm. um, I think that they're two different markets and they're two different situations because of the fact that the people Partially because of the fact that the regular labels weren't on it, and because there's a lot of disorder and a lot of picking yes. up the pieces going on now, um, that I don't know if the film industry had to go through when Netflix came about. Because Netflix came about originally as it, there was no sort of streaming whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was originally the delivery service, and then they added on the streaming. Um, where Spotify was, Spotify, Apple Music, all these things. I mean, Apple Music was a retailer originally online. Um, but Spotify started as streaming. I mean, there was no prerequisite. There was no preface. It was, it started as that. So I think that they're both, um, especially in a changing market, they're both very um, important companies to both industries. Um, but I'm not sure if they mean the same thing to both. Yeah, that's that's my opinion as well. Because I was thinking because. Another thing about the um, entertainment industry, it seems like the entertainment industry, when it came to the change, when it came to the digital age, they had a better way of adapting to it than the music industry did. Yeah, I feel for like sure. We're, we're definitely, sure. The music industry is definitely like probably like a decade behind 
if, yeah. if I'm going to be honest, probably a decade behind the um, TV industry yeah. when it comes to the, the implementing and adapting to the digital age. So we're really like behind in that. Yeah. So I feel like if we had, as you said before, record labels in the process of doing certain things, we wouldn't have the problems we have with royalties and stuff like that. Yeah. And speaking on royalties, um, there's an article that similar to the art article that I was just talking about, but it's on Rolling Stone, and it um, says, um, as Spotify prepares to go public, music industry um, is divided on royalties. So it says um, on the subtitle, I've lost half of my income because of these clever fellas, says um, David Crosby. I used to make money off my records, but now I don't make any. So again, it goes into how um, artists have been pretty much dicked over because of people not looking into the future and planning um, how things might change in the future and how things might change as the industry changes and as we get older and new technology is created. So you can also read this on Rolling Stone if you want to um, read about that. So I think that's all. I always like to ask artists and speak about like certain stuff when it comes to streaming because streaming is pretty much um, but pretty much is what more promoted than anything because music videos, people don't really care about music videos like that anymore, to be honest. Um, I do, because I love the art of music videos, because I feel like it illustrates the point of the song better than just listening to it on the song. Um, but I, th- I think that there's been a regression in interest in music videos, um, but I think they're still important. I mean, obviously MTV brought about, in the 80s, the whole <coughs> obsession with music videos, and basically in that time, like, your song wouldn't be successful. Like, if you had a single, it wouldn't be successful with that music video. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in this day and age, I, I do think it's still uh, important. I think that with the whole streaming idea, um, like, YouTube allows it to be that much more successful, yeah. accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of goes along with allowing people to put their stuff out easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree, but um, probably the thing, let me actually rephrase, probably what I mean by not the music videos entirely, but I feel like the money going into music videos and helping people create um, different content. Like um, recently, Tanache did like a whole vertical video for one of her signal for one of her single um it's called the faded love it's pretty much a vertical video where it's like it's um vertical but if like you um put it like full screen like it's more accessible on um like your computer than it will be on your phone and then there's like people doing like 360 views and like doing like certain content like and a lot of independent artists have been doing that recently too as well but Tanache is pretty much mainstream so that's like one of the first mainstream artists I've seen use that kind of technology like Dawn Richard um, did like a um, VR thing Um, she's from Danny Decade if you guys don't remember Um, but she um, is now solo now but she's been solo for a while but um, since she has worked with Diddy um many times she was part of Diddy Dirty Money as well um, she has if I believe correctly I don't want to speak on people's coins but um, I believe that she's getting like mainstream distribution so that's why she's been on like some of these stages like Jimmy Fallon and this is 
did Today Show and stuff like that. Yeah. So she has since she has that kind of clout and she has like distribution most likely, it's probably easier for her to be recognized for stuff and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Like yeah. the artistic aspect of it. Kind of is lost. I, I feel that. Um I mean it's all kind of when you get to artists of that extent, it's, uh, you lose I feel a lot of the um creative process from the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on what artist it is, some still have complete creative control, some have like none. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I know that I mean you look take in terms of music videos like how they're produced and how much time and effort actually goes into them. Um and and along that aspect of making new styles, if you look at Kendrick Lamar's Humble, I mean, you had the, I forget what they called it, but yeah, so many different effects in that, but especially the one where they took four cameras and placed them like right here, and they took videos and they just went back and forth mm-hmm. through the cameras. Um, and that video with um, him and Rihanna, the loyalty video was a yeah. great one too. Yeah, um, I think that we're still innovating with it. Uh, I think a lot of, I think some songs don't require music videos, but they get made anyway, just because it's money, it's content to put out, Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't argue with, um, because I completely understand the idea of you want more stuff to put out, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't necessarily think that some of the um, music videos that are put out have any sort of meaning to the song have any sort of meaning to the artist. Um, A lot of them can just generally be like, this is a performance video and this is how the label wants to do it. And and that usually clearly shows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So getting on to some more stuff. So I want to, I know I've recently been forgetting about this, guys, but I want to talk about the charts. So like the Hot 100. So I want to talk about that with you. Talk about some of those artists that are on here because you might be a little bit familiar. Some artists I might not know, you might be familiar with them. So I'm going to start with Hot 100, as I said before. So what has been on number one for the last week um, is "Guys Playing," which is Drake, of course, which is a good song. I like that song. Um, did you see the um, video for it? I did. Yeah, that I was did. a great. I, that was, was, I think, a great move. It was a great move. I really appreciated it. At first, at first, I gave it a side eye because I thought it was just like something just to say something on there. But like when it was came to like seeing the actual families, yeah, and seeing them, seeing the kids' faces and stuff like that, like that melted my heart. Yeah, so, one one thing I found interesting about Drake, um, disregarding the actual video, but just in terms of his music, is that he really since he became like since. Uh, was it called Take Care? Was what was one with the motto? Uh, I think it was Take Care. Yeah. Um. Since like around that period, um, since he really started gaining some traction, I mean, his music really it's changed from more rap to more R and B influenced. But in the past couple of years, I mean, his stuff really hasn't changed drastically. There's no new real move. It's been pretty uh, monotonous. But he still managed to pump out hits that I can't argue with their quality I mean they're, they're great songs um, and he can still manage to I don't know if part of the success of this is, is due to the fact that I mean it's a great song it, it bumps but that, I could have seen that song in the past two albums being put out by him and I wouldn't have batted an eye at it thinking oh well, this is a new move for him mm-hmm. um, 
So I think part of that is is just because the production quality is great, and part of it's maybe on this song is because the video was so mm -hmm. um, kind of revolutionary in its idea. Yes, yeah, so I just like that a lot. Um, then we have for number two on this chart, um, it's Psycho Post Malone featuring um, Ty Dawson. I haven't listened to the song. I'm not really a fan of Post Malone. So I don't really know about this song, to be honest, guys. So <laughs> if you guys have any, like, please comment down below. Um, probably DM me on my Instagram or the Instagram that we have, which is my personal is d.writa, which stands for D-Writer. Um, and then our Millennial Tones one is Welcome to the Wavelength. So it's Welcome to the Wavelength, no spaces, um, to message me on our Instagram page or podcast. Um, then we have Perfect, um, the single version, not the um, one with um, Beyonce. That's at number three, but it's gone down from its spot at number two for the last two weeks. Um, I love that song as well. Um, I always I always go back and forth between if I like the one with Beyonce more or if I like just the one with just Ed Sheeran singing. So it's a toss up for me, but yeah. I like the song. Period. Um, then we have Finesse with Bruno Mars and Cardi B, um, which is a good song. Um, that's down as well. It used to be at number three, but it's now at number four. So that's going down. Um, Havana is on this chart still. Surprisingly, I wasn't expecting that. Um, it went down from number four last week, so pretty much um, from number three to number six, it's going down one spot from where it's been previously, um, which is interesting. Um, and then for number six on here, it's Look Alive, Black Boy, JB, featuring Drake. I don't know if you heard that song. I heard that one, yeah. Haven't heard the song either. Some of these people I need to actually look at. Um, I haven't listened to Top. Yeah, I, I don't listen to too much Top. Top 100, top 10. Yeah. Um, so, in number seven, which is meant to be by BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. I do know who BB Rexa is. I, I know who these artists are. Just not, I, have, I haven't heard these songs. That's yeah, the thing. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Florida Georgia Line fan. Yeah. I understand the appeal. Mm -hmm. I just personally don't. I, yeah. I don't mess with it. Yeah. Um, then we have Rockstar, Post Malone again with 21 Savage. Um, that's at number eight. Um, and I'm happy to see that these two last two songs are on this chart. Um, Kendrick Lamar, um, all the stars at number ten, um, and then at number nine is "Pray for Me," the weekend, and Kendrick Lamar. And these two songs are both from the um, Black Panther soundtrack yeah. album. Um, did you get a chance to actually see that movie? I did not yet, and I've been meaning to. It's um, such a good movie. So busy, yeah. No, I really want to see it, and we just talked about that in that mm -hmm. class I was talking about. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably over break. I'll, I'll end up watching it. It was really good. I cried at the end of the movie, to be honest. Is, is that first uh, that number nine Kendrick song? Is that the one with the futures verse, where he basically uh, does slow on my knob? Is that that same song? I don't pray for me. King's dead. That's what I was. Yes, King's now. dead. King's dead. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, no, Kendrick is Kendrick. Is very relevant, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him going away soon. Yeah. I don't know if you um actually saw the um video for All the Stars. No, um, it's you need to see it. It's very, it's, it very it's visually stimulating. Um, it gives, it's very um relevant to what the album is about, which is um 
African culture in yeah. Wakanda and stuff like that. So it's very interesting like that. Um, so I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, so what was I going to say? Just lost my train of thought. We were talking about top, top, uh, we were at the top ten we hit. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm back. Okay, so what I was going to say, um, speaking of Black Panther and Marvel, are you a Marvel fan as I well? I am. Uh, I've been watching the Marvel movies as they come out. Um, we did, it's, it's funny, you, you, this is the second thing that you brought up that we talked about in the class I was just in. We were kind of, and with the whole monotony idea we were talking about before with um, music not changing, I feel like Marvel hasn't changed really. I mean, I haven't seen Black Panther, and I've heard that's a lot different, but I mean, if you look it at the past, um, it, it follows all the same archetypes that they always follow, which is fine. I mean, it's a, they're trying to make their money, um, and the production quality and the movies themselves aren't terrible. Um, but I do think that Marvel has not switched up at all. I mean, the, enter- the movies are still entertaining, but they're all the same, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, but I, again, I'm excited to see the new mm-hmm. Avengers movie. Um, well, to be honest, I'll tell you right now, yeah. Black Panther is not, not a Marvel all. movie that you... It's, it's very it's different. Yeah, that's very what different. I've heard. It's, well, I'm people, excited to check pe- that one out. People compare it to um, what Iron Man, the first Iron Man did for Marvel. Yeah. It's compared to that. But, that's sick. Yeah, so no, I, I definitely want to watch that soon. And in my opinion, it's better than the Iron Man Especially possible, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it and I'll let you know. What yeah, I think. just let me know. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm done. So I guess since we're both college students, I like to talk, and we're both in this industry. Um. I guess we can talk about like a day in the life of us. Like I'll start off with talking about some of the stuff we were doing, um, especially with our class that we both have, our intro to um, performance class. I've been talking about how we've been having our set list together, and we have certain songs we have to perform together and all this other stuff. So I've been talking about how it's been hard trying to remember all the lyrics together because I'm on like four different songs, and there's like two different genres of songs. Yeah. And like try to remember the exact rhythm of the lyrics and then try and make it be me at the same time as paying homage to the song, which is yeah. complicated. Just, no, I completely yeah. feel you. It's, it's an interesting mix of songs because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole mix of different music tastes, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I'd necessarily pick some of the songs, not because they're bad yeah. that we picked, but just. In terms of Based how we put it together, because yeah. I would not just for the fact that it's it's hard for us to get the whole layout, not at all mm-hmm. the song, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have put Billy G in there. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have put we're Billie not Jean. we're not getting that at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's really just and the funny thing is everything's so good until the end. Yeah, and then we completely just forget what the hell we're supposed to do with the end. I tried to put a, I tried to make a lyric sheet for you guys, yeah. but that got ixnayed real yeah, quick. Yeah, it got really ixnayed because it was, yeah, it, it, it was really, he was like, because he thought that we were trying to use it for lyrics, but we already knew what the lyrics were. It wasn't the problem with the lyrics. It wasn't it's just, at all it's, it's, it's like literally loud. just, it's literally but the form. Thinks, yeah. It's literally a form for it, and that always goes into it. Covers are hard anyway. Yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't have picked, if I was to choose any cover, I would never pick Billie Jean. But there's like certain, there's like certain artists that I just stray away from. Like, it was, you don't go for, 
unless you really are really confident, you go for Whitney Houston, you go for Mariah Carey songs, you go for Prince songs, Michael yeah. Jackson songs. It's it's a class is interesting because it's a mixture of kids who've never performed before and kids who don't need to take the class because they've been performing since they were in yeah. kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel I feel part of it uh, is. It's an interesting challenge because in the beginning, you can't really. We picked all these songs, or we made a list of songs we would do, uh, but we didn't know a group dynamic. I mean, the groups are constantly changing in the class anyway, but we didn't know how we'd really. how everything would sound together. And so I think a lot of the covers that we said, oh, like this song will be great in the beginning, isn't necessarily great in the end. Um, um, Quality wise, necessarily, just how it all panned out. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it provides a good trend. I mean, you need to learn while you're here. And mm-hmm. if everything were easy, it, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't really be learning. So it provides a good atmosphere um, to kind of figure out how to work out these things, especially with other people, mm-hmm. um, and get kind of that side of performance with completely random. It's not even like you're sitting down for a gig or you're sitting down no, for a band. It's for a class so it's Mm -hmm. really working out those kind of kinks for something that's not that's completely not permanent and I feel like it's easy it's probably easier for me to get into the concept of it um, than most because and especially for you because like you said before you worked with bands pretty much before you started doing the solo content so you're used to being around other people around different people's personalities when it comes to creating art and stuff like that and then me I was in um, a musical I used to be in a band as well so I'm used to that kind of stuff so it's interesting seeing people that have never done it and then pretty much them being pushed to do it instead of actually wanting to do it it's kind of interesting yeah but for so for a lot of the stuff at least with the people that I'm with, it seems like it's really pushing them out of their comfort zone. It's really helping them out. So it's for me, it's interesting to see yeah. people break out of their shells. And it's not. It. It, it, it's kind of good to look at. I mean, those those courses where it's kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's. I always try to look at that as a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I? If this is if this is a shitty experience, which I don't think the class is shitty. I don't by think any it means, is. I think this it's is fun a, actually. Yeah, I know. This is one of my. I'm glad because it's like our APMs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So my last class of the week is that class. It's. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do any homework for it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm prepared. So it's yeah. I have a fun time, but situations that are less than um, optimal, yeah. I, I find mm-hmm. to uh, kind of figure out what you learned instead of focusing on how it's shitty is a lot more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, makes the class a little bit more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right that way, too. And, and then we took both talk about internships. I still need to get an internship. Of course. I've been trying to get one. Yeah. I, I still need to talk to Matt, so I need to talk to Matt as soon as possible. Yeah, I haven't, but, uh, I haven't applied yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked. Yeah. Did, yeah. You do the cap, did you do the capstone stuff yet, too? Nah. But that'll, I mean, the, good, the cool thing about that is anything that I would do for my capstone is something that I've already been working on or something I already have the idea for or I have the platform to do it on. I mean, I believe you have to do two? I don't know. You have to do two. Two, yeah. So probably one of them will be an EP or an album or something through my solo project and then one of the other projects will be some sort of project with my collective, um, which I'll use 
So that that I'm actually really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to internships. It's just a matter you got to apply, you yeah, got to look up the right wrong. one. Yeah, and see if they'll accept them. you. Yeah. At the end of the day, then you got to find out like 50,000 backup um, internships to make exactly. sure that you get one. Unfortunately. So, and speaking of Capstone, like I just talked to Matt recently because. I didn't know exactly because I knew most people did like albums and stuff like that. But I was like, I might as well just ask if me and Brittany can do this podcast as our casting. So yeah. it works. So yeah, no, it's, it's now we, cool. so now so now we can do that. So I don't have to worry about that. That's one less thing to stress yeah. about because I'm pretty much trying to graduate next year. That's like I'm like next year. Yes. Wow. And like fall semester, I'm probably gonna die. Because, because, <laughs> yeah, you're over some Because class. because I put 17 credits up there. Yeah, that's not terrible. It's, it's not a lot. terrible. It's a lot. It's, a lot. it's the most you can do without like, paying more. But. Yeah, it's a lot. But then, like, I'm trying to do an internship during that fall semester. So yeah, that becomes that'll a whole be bunch your, of, uh, Yeah. Now, and, 17 credits. I'm not saying 17 credits yeah, is easy by any means. I thought you were trying to, like, do double the credits if you're graduating for next year. But No. Because I pretty much... Because since I, tran- cause I transferred over. Yeah. I transferred over. So most of the credits I don't have to worry about. Yeah. But um, those are, like, the last credits. Because I was... I wanted to graduate this year, but then, like, some of the things were added. Yes. Yeah. It's still a new program, so they added some stuff. Gotcha. So that adds into us being here. What, for... what year are you? So I'm a senior now. Yeah. Technically. Gotcha. Um, so I'll be a super senior technically next year. Last, next year. Gotcha. So cool. hopefully if everything works out, please, Lord. Because I have faith. I'll keep my fingers because crossed. Because college is not my life. I can't. Like, college stresses <laughs> me out too much. And then doing this podcast. Just wait till the real one. <laughs> exactly. It's worse out there, too. But yeah. um, just doing this podcast and doing all those damn songs. Yeah. Um, and doing regular homework. And then me recently getting this online class where I have, like, 50 million discussion questions to do and then like all these assignments to do along with the rest of the classes I have to do and with our sound reinforcement class you have to do like um, venue visits and then write about that so that takes a lot of time but some of that time is usually like at least five hours to do then you gotta stay for a whole show yeah so yeah it's a lot of time welcome to college life hey uh, it'll, hopefully it'll it'll work out in the end. It'll yeah, be worth it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so getting back into you, Jackson, because I want to end with you. So okay. speaking as the two collectives that you have started, um, I know you've been work. I know which one are you working with with Jace? So one of them's a club through school, and one of them's a collective. So the thing I work on with Jace is forty three thirty three, which is the collective, okay. um, which we do live sessions. Um, every so often we make like a little mini zine. Um, we do interviews. Um, we're starting to work with some kind of like local artists and help them kind of try and further what they're doing. Um, so that's that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is uh, Rowan Alternative Music Club, which is a new club on campus. Uh, got started last year, and I took the reins as president for this year. Um, and that's basically the goal of that club is to have, A, start a music scene, here in Glassboro, so we can actually have shows. Because before, um, before these past couple of years, I mean, there were definitely shows, but it was very minimal. Yeah. I mean, even my first year, last year here, I, there was only like one show or two shows yeah. I really saw. Uh, <clears throat> and so now we're trying to really expand that. We're also trying to give a place where people can be passionate about to uh, about music to 
find new music to show people new music to just talk about it, to find other musicians if you are a musician um, so we're trying to I think especially with the introduction of our major in the two three years ago I think yeah. um, it's pretty it's a pretty new it's major new. it was the year before I came here was when it started um, and just that idea <clears throat> I, I think that coming here definitely helped to establish or to get these things started mm-hmm. um because there's such an influx of kids who are into the music mm-hmm. and interested in building the yeah the actual um, scene. Um, forgive me if I forgot, but did you perform at the recent um, bands thing? Battle the bands thing. I did. I did, but I didn't compete. Okay. Um, because I'm actually on eboard as president of Roanoke, we co-sponsored the event, and I couldn't compete in okay. it because I was an eboard. But okay. um, that's probably why I thought that she performed. Yeah, my my friend Devin Dyer uh, hooked it up, and she love su- su- uh, she's the best. She uh, su- suggested uh, me and Jace um, play. They needed spots to fill in while they like counted votes for mm-hmm. top for fan favorite. Um, so they needed like 10 minutes of music, so we played 10 minutes of music, um, which was fun. It was a good time. Um, and Battle of Bands for us guys is what we do um, to see who will be um, one of the um, headliners for the act that we get. Um, who, is Holly it Bash. It's Holly Andy Bash? Grammar. It's yeah. Andy Grammer for our Holly Bash um, celebration that we have on campus. It's like a big, it's a big event during like the probably, what's it, like mid spring? It's late spring. Yeah, it's, like it's end of April. Spring. It's April twentieth. Yeah, so that's what we. That's what battle bands is pretty much for. Um, and I recently, I was going to talk to you about the one of my things with the battle of the bands because there was like artists that I thought would be interesting to be actually on there, but since it's like a band thing, I feel like that deters a lot of artists and a lot of different um, people being on stage. So I feel like that kind of deters people. Because of the name. Yeah. I think that... I mean, I don't like being... Um, exclusive. Mm-hmm. Necessarily. But I do think there's a certain setting that needs to be there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it is about the band, so it needs to be mm-hmm. a band. I think that solo artists who are in that context... Mm-hmm. I'm like Soph and Tyler Sarfer, who are both... Yeah, they're both... They're, on, so, they're great. They're both on RMG. They're both on the Who Are You compilation. Mm-hmm. Um Forgive me if I forgot anyone. I think they're the only two who were on that. Um, but they're solo artists, um, and they performed with. I mean, so only performed with one other person, which constitutes a band. I mean, it's more than one person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and Tyler played with like three other people. So I, th- I think that I think that you're probably right. It, uh, it the name itself might deter people who are solo acts, um, but I hope not. Um, and I, I think that some. Solo acts, like, if you don't have a band, it's not really the proper setting to be competing in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like some, it would be great to actually have, like, maybe not, you can still have the battle of bands, but probably have another venue competition or competition yeah, where yeah, I think um, for, it has different genres instead of just pretty much just a for whole sure. um, pop rock, indie rock. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that would be a good idea to get an event on campus that, I know they had like a battle of the DJs 
earlier this year, mm-hmm. but I think that there should be some, I don't know what to name it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there should be something that allows kids who are, like, just artists who either self-produce or don't self-produce, whatever, um, but they're just themselves on stage mm-hmm. to get an opportunity to, like, compete in something, I think would be a good yeah. idea. That's a good, that's, I guess, differentiation of it. And yeah. I guess it brings more... For Holly Bash, they'll probably bring more people to Holly Bash and bring more money into yeah, yeah, the yeah. university. You know, yeah. it's always got trying to find a way to do something creative and make it business as well. Yeah, so the adults in the building will be happy about it. So that's just my idea about it. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, so we talked about the collective. Do we have anything else we can talk about? Yeah. We talked about some of the crazy stuff we had to deal with as being college students. Huh. Um, I think that's it. So I really want to thank you for being here, Jackson. I really appreciate the support. Um, again, guys, please go on the SoundCloud um, and listen to Mary. It's a very good song. Please listen to it more than once and share it with your friends. Um, so again, I say thank you, and I will see you guys in the next episode next week. All right, bye, guys.